Hey everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast, and I get to talk about another electric bike company today. Sometimes I have a guest. Today is just solo, just me, just you, and a company called Snap Cycle. Once again, this is the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I'm Kyle Chidock, your host, the owner of Bolton E-Bikes. And let's jump right into an episode about a brand new e-bike company. Snap Cycle. There's probably a good chance, I'm going to say a very high chance, you have never heard of them. And I'm basing that on the fact that if you look at their social media platform, they've only got a few videos up, a few subscribers and followers, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or their Facebook page, but they have a very slick looking website. They have some nice looking bikes. And what did they do to get the word out? Well, they reached out to none other than Bolton e-bikes to see if we would do a bike review. So the review, by the time you're listening to this episode, will have already been done. We would have done a live review on the YouTube channel. I haven't actually done that yet as of the time of this recording, so I don't know exactly how the live review portion is going to go. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, watch out for more live videos because we do have other e-bike reviews and giveaways coming up. And yes, I did say giveaways. The SnapCycle R1, which is the bike they sent to me, is our giveaway bike. The giveaway is running right now and it doesn't end until the end of this week if you're listening to this podcast the day it came out. So I'll make sure, or rather Jessica will, make sure that there is a link in the show notes to our website and the giveaway page so you can enter to win an electric fat bike from Snap Cycle, or should I say Snap Cycle, because it's all one word. A new company, I decided to do a little bit of digging and see when did they start. Now, I didn't go look into their official business documents, anything like that. Just look at their social media, see when things got going. And it looks like uh, Facebook pages, other things started popping up uh, around the end of 2020. Maybe coming up on a year in business, probably a little bit less if they were starting their social media campaigns and things early. And what they have introduced to the market are actually three bikes. I have only had the pleasure of seeing in person and riding one, which is the R1 model. But there's also a bike called the R1 Step Through and then a bike called the S1. So the R1, which is the one I'm going to focus on because that's the one I've seen, is a step over fat tire bike, 750 watt rear hub motor, very traditional style, if you will, somewhat similar to something like the Rad Rover or the Hemiway bikes or Turbo Ant or uh, any of these other brands that I have reviewed on my YouTube channel that you may have seen, or you may have seen other videos about these bikes. So again, very traditional design. The step through, very similar to the R1 from what I can see on paper, other than a very nice step through design. Kind of reminds me somewhat of the Aventon Adventure model, the way the step-through is with just a single thick tube as opposed to kind of two rails like other bikes from either Bike Tricks or, for example, the Sabre where you have two 
rails going up in the center of the frame. Uh, so very nice low step through on the snap cycle model from what I can see. And then the S1 is kind of your typical 20 inch fat tire folding bike. Now, the one thing I can point out that is a difference because who cares about all the things that are same as everyone else? But the thing that to me stands out as a difference is the quality of the frame as far as the welds, the appearance. It looks really nice. And I say that because some bike frames look very generic and plain and they just don't look all that exciting, at least to me. And other bikes are like, oh, this looks really good. This looks like quality. So in the pictures, when they first contacted me, I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, I think our audience would, you guys would be potentially interested in learning more about the Snap Cycle. Is it a good brand? Is it a good bike? Does it have the power they claim? How does it actually ride? What are the realistic expectations of this bike? And my expectations were, I would say, medium because the quality looked really good in the photos. And I'm saying that based on the fact that the frame style is something that's familiar to me. I've seen it on other brands of bikes. It's either made from the same mold or comes from the same manufacturer as some bikes I've seen in person that have very good looks, very good quality frames, but are also very reasonable prices. So price on this bike is $15.99. So again, we're competing with the Hemiways, the Rad Rovers, and all of those other brands that are new that are starting to pop up somewhere more than $1,500 and somewhere under the $2,000 price point. It used to be that like $1,499 was the price to be at, but realistically, that's not happening anymore, at least not right now. Shipping costs have gone up drastically. You know, we're $2,500 for a shipping container. I shared on a video a while back that prices are up to $10,000. Well, now it's up to $16,000. And then it went up to $19,000 per container. It's just skyrocketing up and up and up. And prices have had to come up to compensate for that. Hopefully, that means as well, at some point in the future, those prices will go back down and e-bike prices will have a chance to come down and become more competitive again. But right now, nobody can make a bike, I don't think, a good quality bike like this that competes in this category for under the $1,500 price point anymore. They're going to be like the Snap Cycle, very competitive, $1,599 and up, up to $2,000. Uh, and when I say up to $2,000, these are typically the hub motor bikes, fat tire bikes, typically mechanical brakes. Sometimes when you get up to the $1,800, $1,900 bikes, you see some hydraulic brakes before you break $2,000, but it's rare, but there's a few out there. So that's kind of where this bike fits in. I did see on their website they have $150 off if you buy two bikes. So that's a pretty aggressive discount to get that down even further. The company is located in California. According to their website, as of the time of this recording, it says that bikes are in stock. So you can buy one and have it shipped right away. Free shipping on the bikes. They have a one-year warranty. So far, this looks and sounds pretty good. Again, a 750-watt hub motor. The rated watch they have listed on their website is 1,200-watt peak, 750-watt continuous. I will get back to that in a little bit. 
because I have ridden the bike around, so I'm going to tell you what I actually think about the power. But just real quickly on the other specifications, it's a 48-volt, 14-amp-hour battery, so right in line with a lot of the other bike models I mentioned. Uh, One thing that's a little odd, and I don't think it's inherently bad, but it is odd, and the only reason I would say it seems expected is because components are really hard to get right now, Uh, and that's the shifter setup. It has what appears to be at first glance, and if you're not paying attention, you might miss it, the same Shimano shifter that you see on a Rad Power bike or any of those other bikes I just mentioned. It's the thumb style shifter on the right hand side. Most of those are seven speeds, but this one is only six, which I don't recall seeing on any of the other bikes I've reviewed lately. Shifting derailleur-wise, either they had to go with that because of availability on Shimano components, lead times are just really, really long right now, or they did that intentionally to save on the cost a little bit and get their bike under the price of some of the competitors just by a tiny bit. Could be either one of those, I don't know. My opinion is, if you're on an e-bike, you don't need nearly as many gears as you would on a regular pedal bike. 21 speeds, 24 speeds, 27, all those other combinations. You don't really need that anymore. Uh, Even on mountain bikes these days, they have really wide ranges, but they're kind of going back to like 1x12s, even 1x13s. So a 13 speed, a 12 speed, and that has all the range you would need. So to think that you could get enough out of 6 or 7 is not unrealistic. Now what I do see is that it's not realistic for everyone. And what I mean by that is I have people on my bikes that I sell that sometimes will email me and say, hey, do you have a bigger gear for the front sprocket on this particular model? Or do you have a smaller one for the front sprocket? Sometimes people want to pedal at a higher speed, go faster. Sometimes they want more low-end gears. So it's hard to make everyone happy with every gear ratio, but I think we can usually find a happy medium. That's probably what you're going to find on this bike. From my little bit of riding around, it was geared low enough I could get up the hills. It was geared high enough I could pedal up to, say, 30 miles an hour just fine. Now, the bike won't actually go 30 miles an hour unless you're going downhill, which I was at the time. It is a class two slash class three e-bike. So it's kind of interesting. They ship it out as a class two. It does have a throttle. And it very clearly is the first thing I tested has a 20 mile an hour limit. So it's electronically limited to 20. As soon as you hit that, the motor stops helping you. Anything over 20 is all you on pedaling. But as soon as it goes under 20, you feel the motor kick right back in. But it also says, and I haven't done this yet. This might be something I do before the live review. So if you watched that video, maybe that'll be on there. Uh, But it says that it can be adjusted to a class three, which would bump it up to 28 miles an hour. I'm curious to see if there's a way to adjust the power as well. So there's definitely a way to adjust the speed limit based on their website description, either a class two at 20 or a class three at 28 miles an hour. And it also came with, in the box, a sticker, (laughs) which is convenient. So there's a sticker on the bike that says class two. And in the box, there was a second sticker that said class three, 28 miles an hour. 
So you can put whichever one of those on there uh, that you're going to use for the bike. So that was pretty convenient that you can program it either way. Now, jumping back to the power and also the 750, 1200 watt aspect of the bike. I don't know how much research new e-bike companies do when they are either designing their bike or having their bike made. So I'm really curious to hear, perhaps in the future, from SnapCycle what they think about their motor power and how it compares to the competition. Marketing-wise, advertising-wise, again, they call it a 750-watt, 1200-watt peak motor, and basically it says it has a geared hub motor to tackle any terrain, something generic like that on their website. So what's my opinion? You guys know I'm pretty picky about motors and how much power they put out and how do they feel. Well, how about we compare it to a couple of different bikes? One of the recent reviews I did was the Aventon Adventure, which has a 750-watt motor. I think they might advertise 1,200-watt peak or something like that as well. And that one felt good. It felt powerful. You hit the throttle, it goes, it climbs hills, it zips along. And I felt like, yeah, this is 750 watts continuous. It's definitely peaking higher than that. Now, with my first initial test ride on the Snap Cycle, I haven't adjusted the settings, so it's still limited to a class two. I'm assuming the speed limit only changes the speed and not the power, but maybe I'll fiddle with that and see if there is another setting there that I'm not aware of yet. But it doesn't feel like the Adventure bike or the Blackbird bike that I sell, which is 1300 watts peak. It definitely does not have as much power as either of those bikes. When I look at the Rad Power 750 watt, the Turbo Ant was one of the last bike reviews I did that was also claiming to be a 750 watt. It feels more like those where they're often running 500 watts, 750 watt peak. And, you know, that's one of those things where it doesn't quite line up to the expectation on their website versus how it feels when I ride it. If you've never ridden an e-bike, you probably would never know the difference. But if you ride two side by side, then all of a sudden it's really obvious. So I was actually riding the bike around, kind of getting my initial feel for it. And a couple of other Bolton e-bike employees were riding other e-bikes around and uh, we crossed paths on the road. I started riding alongside with them up and down some different hills. And those weren't comparable bikes. One was way more powerful, not a fair comparison. The second bike was a 750 watt mid-drive Bafang motor. And I was getting blown away. Just no comparison whatsoever. Now that's a mid-drive, which being in the right gear definitely has a distinct advantage to a hub motor, but it just seemed more than just the difference in the gearing. Is it capable of 750 watts? Probably, I think so. Is it capable of 1,200 watts? For me personally, I'd have to see like a meter on it to believe it because <laughs> it doesn't feel like that much power. Again, I said at the beginning, the bike looked like a very high quality bike as far as the frame and my expectations were met there. The bike showed up. It looked great. Uh, the packaging was pretty good. I only say pretty good because a very common problem happens to basically everyone if the bike ever falls on its side is the derailleur hanger or the derailleur guard, if there is one, gets bent in a little bit from the side. 
Uh, thankfully, this bike had a derailleur guard, but it was clearly bent in. I had to bend that out a little bit for the shifter to work properly. So a little bit of work on the packaging could be done there. But that was the only problem that I found, which was fixed in about 10 seconds by just pulling it out a little bit. So no damage on the bike other than that. Frame really does look good. The logo on it, I don't think the photos they have on their website do it justice. It's like this iridescent glow that changes colors. I'm assuming it's reflective at night the way it looks, but I haven't actually tried that yet. Logo, paint job, everything looks awesome. Really cool. Uh, I really do like the way that the bike looks overall. I do just wish it had a little bit more power. So power-wise, that's probably my biggest uh, complaint about the bike. Uh, I think for 750, 1200-watt peaks, it should have a little more oomph to it. I am going to go ahead and unlock it once I figure that out. I haven't had time yet to do it today, but before the the review that comes out live, I'm going to do that and make sure it can do the 28 miles an hour for a Class 3 bike. I'm assuming it can. It seems capable, but it just takes a little while to get up to speed is my guess. Battery capacity looks good. The style of the battery is well integrated into the frame. It looks really nice. Uh, Again, saved a little money on the six-speed setup. Uh, Weight, according to their website, says 72 pounds. I didn't actually weigh the bike to confirm that, but it seems logical based on what I've seen, how the bike feels. It doesn't feel like a heavy bike. Some bikes feel sluggish, and they feel slow to turn. They just feel heavy when you're riding. And this isn't one of those bikes. It feels very nimble for a fat bike. It feels light, even though it's over 70 pounds. So the ride was really good. One of the tests, it's kind of silly and it's very objective. But one of the things I like to do on e-bikes when I'm riding around is a track stand. Basically, you come up to a stop sign, you pull the brakes, and you just see how long you can balance there. And for whatever reason on this bike, I could balance really, really well. It was very stable. Could sit there probably for a couple minutes pretty easily, which is easier to do on a fat tire bike than something with skinnier tires. But I just felt it was very comfortable to ride and very stable. So, as far as the geometry of the frame and the saddle and the handlebars, everything felt right, if that makes sense. It just didn't, some bikes just feel a little weird or awkward. And this wasn't like that at all. It felt like a great bike. Braking wise, Probably could be a little room for improvement there. Their mechanical brakes, which is what I would expect on a bike that's $15.99. I think I can probably adjust those to get them braking a little bit better. Out of the box, they weren't adjusted that well. They could probably be improved a little bit. So that's something I'll work on. Worst case scenario on a bike like this, you could upgrade to some hydraulic calipers and that would completely resolve the problem whatsoever. So they weren't terrible, but they do need a little bit of adjustment. What's my thoughts overall? Well, if the R1 step through is anything like the R1, I think it will sell reasonably well. They're good looking bikes, and I think that's the main thing that they have going for them. Uh, The S1, the folding bike, also pretty decent looking frame style. So I think they've got a good start. I think what they need is to bump up some of those components so they beat out some of the competitors a little bit. And if they could do that, They would have a bike that, yeah, is competing with the Hemiway. It's competing with the Rad Rover. It's competing with, you know, these other bikes, but looks better. I know one of the things that just came out recently was the new Rad Rover 6. It's a new redesign. My opinion, it's not like a great looking bike. And and I know that's subjective, 
But looking at the R1, it just looks clean, smooth. It's a good looking bike. So that's my opinion. I think that Snap Cycle is off to a good start. I think as they continue with production, what I would like to see would be better brakes if possible, a little more power if possible. <laughs> maybe the seven or eight speed shifter to match up with some of the competitors. But I also know that it's not going to be $1,599 if they do those things. Then it's a $1,800 to $2,000 bike. And for me personally, this is a personal thing, I would rather spend a little more on something that has those than something that doesn't. So as a consumer, that would be the bike I want to do. It's just a, just a hair, just a tiny bit of an upgrade up from the R1. But at $15.99, it is priced right. It looks right. I was very happy with the handling of the bike. Like I said, I think they're off to a good start. Brand new company. I don't have any experience or comments or feedback that I can provide on their customer service or anything like that yet. I think uh, they're a little bit too new. There's a few reviews online on their website and Facebook that you can check out, which all seem to be positive so far, but that's my experience with the bike to this point. Now, I still have the R1 that I used in the review, and I haven't decided what I'm going to do with that bike yet because SnapCycle was kind enough to provide not one, but two e bikes for free. One of them is here at the shop, that's what I'm using for the review. There's a chance I might throw that up on ebikesearch.com, which if you don't know, is our buy and sell website for used electric bikes. Anybody can post their bike for sale. Anybody can hop on the website and check out used bike for sale in their area. Once again, that's ebikesearch.com. Now the second bike they didn't send to me because that is going to one of you. So whoever is going to win the bike, they're going to get it shipped direct from SnapCycle brand new, not even touched the dirt at Bolton e-bikes for a review. A 100% brand new bike is what you're going to win. So make sure to go check out the show notes for this podcast episode. Follow those links. Enter to win a free bike because who doesn't love a free electric bike? Thanks again to SnapCycle for providing the bikes for this podcast episode and for the live e-bike review. I really do appreciate it, and I wish you guys the best luck and the best success with your bikes. They look great. I really love the style and the frame designs, and I can't wait to see what happens from here. And thank you for listening to the Bolton eBikes podcast. As always, if you're not on our email list, go to ebikepodcast.com and sign up. Once again, that's ebikepodcast.com. Otherwise, you can always come back right here every Tuesday for a new episode about electric bikes. Music